What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual convo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Welcome back everyone to What the Actual Fork podcast. Today we had the absolute pleasure of speaking with Dr. Taylor Arnold, who is at growing.intuitive.eaters on Instagram and Oh my God, (laughs) was that a conversation? Um, Let's tell you a little bit more about her first and then tell you a little bit more about what you have to look forward to in this episode. So Dr. Taylor Arnold is a picky eating and pediatric nutrition expert. She specializes in helping parents shape healthy relationships with food so their kids eat more veggies and don't obsess over sweets. Dr. A is a mom of two, has a PhD in nutrition and is a pediatric registered dietitian. She has a YouTube channel and a podcast where she provides free content and courses to parents about healthy feeding, picky eating, and infant solids introduction. Her mission is to change the world by making this information accessible and affordable to everyone and to help parents raise the next generation of eaters to love and nourish their bodies. And I want to put a huge emphasis on the word free, which she tells us in the episode today. But I think as of like the beginning of the new year, every single course that Dr. Taylor puts out is free, which is just wild. And that's like um, like I, my, my, I feel like my jaw hit the table when she said that. It's, <laughs> it's not only is it amazing. I mean, her just philosophy, her education, the training that she has gone through, and the places that she worked while she was getting her PhD, um, and just prior to launching her own business, are they speak for her for itself. Like she shares with us how she got to where she is today in the first couple minutes of the episode. And she has done the most specific nutrition training in the field with children to start. And then it's brought her to this space where she really is making such an impact on how did she say it? Stopping generational diet culture in its tracks. It's just so incredible. And I know you mentioned this too, but like how many people ask us about this all the time? Oh, yes. it's amazing. Yes. And we've always sent them her way, but to finally be able to just talk to her. And I think you even told her this on the episode, but like you said, she's so well-spoken. She knows her shit. Like there's, there's no denying that. So, I mean, Everybody just needs to follow her. If you have children, if you want to have children, if you have nieces and nephews, if you're around kids of any kind and you're eating food, you need to listen to this episode. I'm just going to say, if if you're near children in your life, like this is such a great resource just to understand like 
the way we talk about this all the time that words matter, but with children, like we've never gone there on this podcast. And just to understand that, like what you say, how you say it, when you say it, all of these things are so intentional in a kid's mind. And the way that she just put some examples out there today were just mind blowing. And I'm going to listen to this episode again in a couple of years um, when Noah's eating real food. And I need a reminder, but her Instagram page is full of such incredible resources and thought provoking conversations. And we're just pumped for you to hear this episode today. Yes. And I feel like you've probably experienced this too, Jenna, but like once, cause we both work with more of the adult population, but like once we have clients that have really found food freedom and are, are really confident in their intuitive eating, you know, when they're around family, whether it's at holidays or functions, like hearing how their sisters talk to their children and like, they like will message us being like, Oh my God, like, what do I say? Like, I don't want my niece or nephew to grow up like in diet culture. And so I feel like this can just be such a great tool to send to people. And again, not because you have to parent this way or you have to change what you're doing. I think Dr. Taylor did a great job of explaining that, but just how we always talk about creating that curiosity of how our language and how what we're doing is affecting the younger generations. And it's so cool to think about like all of the kids that are being affected by Dr. Taylor, like they're going to be adults one day. And she's, she is literally raising probably thousands of intuitive eaters by teaming up with their parents. So we'll stop talking because this episode needs to be heard immediately. So enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to What the Actual Fork Podcast. Sam and I are so excited. We were talking about how excited we were before we hit record, and now that we're here, I'm like, I don't even know what to say to intro this incredible guest, but we have Dr. Taylor Arnold here, who is at growing.intuitive.eaters on Instagram, and like Sam said, before we hit record, same thing for me, if anybody ever has questions about intuitive eating and children, I don't answer them because I am not an expert. We just send them to you. And so I told Sam this a little earlier that I don't even have any questions. I just want to learn and listen to you because you give out so much incredible information on your social channels and you are just the expert. So we're so grateful to have you here. Um, Dr. Taylor, you probably weren't always an intuitive eating specialist for children, and we would just love to hear how you got to where you are. You can take, I'm using Sam's words, 30 seconds or 30 minutes, and just tell us a little bit more about you and how you got to specialize in this incredibly niche space. We would love to hear it. Sure. So um, let's see. I started I've always wanted to work with kids. Um, so I started, I did not do intuitive <laughs> when I started. Um, during my graduate work, I volunteered with kids doing medical diets for kids with PKU, which is an inborn error of metabolism where they have trouble digest or they have trouble metabolizing certain um, amino acids. And so their diets have to be heavily modified and tracked meticulously from infancy. Um, and then after, during my PhD uh, research, I focused on vitamin B12 supplementation in vegetarians and vegans. When I graduated from my 
doctoral program. I went to a children's hospital where I implemented the ketogenic diet for kids who have epilepsy um, in the neurology department. And that was really cool because I worked inpatient, outpatient in ICU, um, and just in, you know, outpatient working even with school nurses for our kiddos. And I found my love for educating families there. I loved like the initial diet education um, for kids who are just starting on the ketogenic diet on how to implement that. So knowing that I loved education piece, I got a job at a graduate school where I taught nutrition. Um, and from there, I, I saw adults and pediatric patients at a clinic um, and then solidified my love for working with kids. Um, dietitians who work with adults are fabulous, but you know, they're just not as cute as kids. Adults are just not as cute. <laughs> and so I just realized that I wanted to specifically focus on kids and I wanted to help as many people as possible. And I started to find that in this online education space was the way that I could reach as many people as possible and bring this information to as many people as possible. Um, so I started to kind of get into eating behavior things um, and doing some more research on um, that after I started my Growing Intuitive Eaters business. And I just fell in love with it. I mean, I work a lot with helping families, especially moms, but um, who have struggled with disordered eating themselves and want to like break the generational cycle of disordered eating. And it's just such a rewarding area to be in because it's just working with these parents who have struggled with body image issues, eating disorders, or disordered eating for most of their life. And now they have kids and they want nothing more than to raise healthy eaters because they know, know the struggles that they've gone through. And these parents are just so passionate about helping raise their kids with a healthy relationship with food. And so I love working with populations like that. So here I am. <laughs> I love everything that you just said. And it was funny when you were saying initially, you're like, I love work working with kids because they're cuter. But then you went on to say like working with families, because my head goes right to thinking about the number one question I get about kids in my inbox is like, my kid is addicted to sugar. <laughs> I've put a lock yep. on the pantry. Um, I have struggled with my weight my whole life. I don't want my child to do that. What do I do? Right. Mm -hmm. And so obviously I have an answer for this, but I just want to flip that question right over to you, Taylor, and hear how you would take that. Well, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> and I'm not sure I can answer it in a one podcast, um, but I will try my best. Um, so there's lots of approaches that we can take with kids when it comes to sweets. And people who are listening to your podcast are familiar with intuitive eating. So I'm assuming that much um, you have a wonderful audience. So the principle, the exact principles of intuitive eating, we can't apply them directly to kids because kids are not mini adults, right? Like they still are working on developing their executive functioning skills and critical thinking skills and decision-making skills. And they're really impulsive. And I mean, sure, adults can need to work on those things too, but so kids still need boundaries, you know, whereas like, like a child won't go to the grocery store and 
buy what they want for their lunch and then make their lunch. Like a five-year-old is going to be working on developing their eating behaviors within the boundaries that their families set for them. So I kind of want to preface that because I see a lot of um, people commenting like, oh, if I want to raise my intuitive eater, like why can't I just um, let them eat whatever they want, whenever they want, but we still need to have boundaries for our kids so that we can help them develop those intuitive eating practices or retain those intuitive eating practices because they're growing up in a world that's full of diet culture. So we have to kind of help sh shape that growth for them. Um, so as far as desserts, there's a couple like quick tips um, that I want to give your listeners. So um, first is we want to be careful with the food language that we use in our house. And this is something that you guys talk about with your adult clients too. So um, we don't want to uh, associate a moral value with food. We raise our kids um, talking all about, you know, good and bad and what is acceptable and not acceptable behavior. And we teach them things like cheating is bad. We would never want them to cheat on a test. Um, or cheat in a sports event. So when we call a food, this is my cheat meal, or this is my cheat day, you know, they're learning cheating is bad. And now you're saying this food is cheating. And so they're going to associate that food being bad. And it's very confusing. And so we want to avoid these moral terms with food, like good or bad cheat or treat. Um, and just keep food very neutral. You know, food is just food. It's crunchy. It's sour. It's sweet. It has things that are, um, can help our eyeballs see. It can help our muscles grow. There's lots of descriptive terms that we can use. Um, other things that are really important is um, avoiding uh, the child having to earn uh, dessert or sweets of any kind. So earning it with chores, earning it with test scores, earning it by eating their veggies, earning it by having manners at the table. Um, a dessert should be, if a, if a parent decides to serve a dessert, the dessert should be served regardless of the child's behavior. Um, and that's another way that we can deassociate that moral value with food. Also serving dessert on the same plate. Um, if we save dessert for afterwards, we're telling our kids that you have to eat all this like kind of boring stuff, you know, and then after you get the good stuff. Um, but if we serve it on the same plate, we're saying like, hey, this cake is just food, just like these carrots and broccoli are. Um, and food is just food. All of this falls into that category. Some taste different, some feels different in our mouth, but it's just food. So serving it on the same plate can be really helpful. And finally, if you notice that your kids are are obsessed with sweets. Um, that's usually an indication to me that they need to be included in the uh, rotation on a more frequent basis. So I hear parents say like, okay, Dr. Arnold, I'm going to try all these things and I guarantee you I'm going to put cake on my kid's plate and they're going to only eat the cake. And to that I say, yes, it's probably going to happen initially, um, but it's a long game. It's not uh, one week we try this and your kid's all of a sudden going to eat their carrots before their cake. It's a long game here. So um, those are probably my quick tips. Awesome. Thank you so much for breaking that down. And sorry, Jenna, I keep, I have so many thoughts in my head. <laughs> I just like keep raising my hand to ask questions, but I, so that is all amazing. And I guess my question to you too, Taylor, is when you think, so do you ever address the adult? Because as you know, those are all amazing things to do with children. But then if the adult is you know, oh, I hate my body, you know, or, oh, well, you can eat this, but mommy's on the keto diet and, or intermittent fasting. So do you, when you work with families, are you also coaching or counseling that adult and with their kind of relationship with food as well? 
So if an adult needs like an in-depth individual coaching, I will refer them to someone like you guys. Um, because when I work with a family, it's for the purpose of shaping a child's behaviors. So, but yes, I absolutely do address behaviors on the parent's part. And if they need more support, I would refer them to an adult dietitian. Um, however, um, I do think it's, yes, and I think that I don't want that to deter parents from starting to work on their kids' eating behaviors because I get people saying like, hey, I want to work on my kids' eating behavior, but like I really struggle with my relationship with food or I'm still not in the place yet where I'm ready to, to commit to intuitive eating and I still feel like I want to lose weight, but like I still want to help my kid develop a healthy relationship with food. So I'm, is it a lost cause? And the answer is absolutely not. It's not a lost, lost cause at all. And I think it's it's a beautiful thing to let your kid see you working through your own eating behaviors because they see you putting the time and effort into improving that for yourself. And it shows them how important that is. Um, so I think that that's really powerful, but yes, we do talk to parents a lot, or I do talk to parents a lot about like you, your own language around food needs to be completely overhauled. If we're using those terms for yourself, like terms for your body, for example, need to be positive. So I talk to parents a lot about like positive body talk in front of your kids in the mirror. So an example is the other day, um, I'm, I actually have a post in the works on this, but I'll share it here. Um, I, when I was postpartum with my son, I was looking at my belly in the mirror and my daughter saw me looking at it. And I was like froze for a moment. Cause I'm like, took this as an opportunity. And even though I wasn't feeling the most confident ever in my body, I said, Hey, I really like my belly. This is really cool because your brother was in there and now he's here and he's here because I carried him in my belly. And then my daughter walked out of the bathroom and said, I love my belly too. And so that's just like a really <laughs> cool example of you don't have to be a perfect intuitive eater and you don't have to feel hundred percent confident in your body, but, but trying your best to work on that in front of your kids and be an example for your kids can help you too. So yeah, I do talk to parents a lot about shaping their own behaviors and language. You're amazing. And I just stole the <laughs> mic. Um, I put the hand up. Thank you. There's just like, I have so many things swirling in my head, but I see so much of your inspiration for a lot of your posts or your teaching moments on your posts coming from things that your daughter, it seems, comes home with from school. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually had the opportunity to speak today, earlier today, with um, a high school class about intuitive eating, and none of them have ever heard of it before. And so I can mm -hmm. imagine with little sponges, I don't, how old's your daughter? She's only three, so. She, okay, so with little sponges um, at school, like learning, I think one of the posts that your daughter learned to say, I'm chubby or you're chubby yep. at school. Yep. Um, or learning just different things at school that maybe either come out of teachers' mouths or kids that are learning diet culture at home. Mm -hmm. I guess the two-part question, one would be, how do you address that to like help her remember, even though you know she's going to be in school for hours a day going forward, right? Surrounded by different lessons. How do you reinforce that at home? And then part two would be, how can we make a difference in these schools? I, I find that, and I've actually had a bunch of people in my DMs mention this before, that intuitive eating and the school schedule is like backwards land. Like kids have to eat lunch at 10 o'clock in the morning, even if they're not hungry. Yes, you know, some of them are hungry, but then it just throws off the rest of their intuitive um, 
plan for eating. If they're hungry at three o'clock, they can eat or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. What kind of, how can we change this? <laughs> so that's a good question. And I will say, I don't recommend, first of all, I just want to address your schedule question. I don't recommend, at least with young kids, just letting them eat whenever they want during the day. I think a schedule is really important because when we let our kids snack and graze, um, one, it's, it's okay for them to experience hunger because they need to know what hunger feels like and they need to know what full feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we let them snack throughout the day, we typically don't help them recognize those hunger and fullness cues and we're we're lacking those boundaries. So I recommend do having like a schedule but being flexible. Like if your kid is running around on the soccer field for two hours, you know, and their snack is an hour away, don't just say, hey, you got to wait because it's schedule. We need to be responsive. That's called responsive feeding to their needs. But if dinner is in, for example, 30 minutes and they're a little bit hungry, it's absolutely okay to say, you know what? Dinner is in 30 minutes. I know you're hungry. It's almost ready um, because that schedule and those boundaries are still important. So we're not quite to the point yet where I would recommend like a five-year-old have that intuitive eating schedule that an adult would. So I'll say that. Um, But when it comes to schools, um, first, I think it's really important to think about it's it's important to bring teachers into this discussion because I have all these opinions and I don't know if you saw in my post but my kid my sister is a teacher too and I was talking to her about this and her point was that you know although you're an expert in intuitive eating and pediatric nutrition um there is also like the bounds and parameters that schools have to have. Like you said, lunch has to be on a certain schedule or, um, you know, some kids don't have access to food at home. And so the way that they might feel they need to eat at school might be different than those who do have access to food at home. And some parents don't want their kids to not have any pressure to eat their veggies. And, you know, some parents don't want to implement an intuitive eating model with their kids. And while I think intuitive eating is is great to implement their kids, obviously look at what (laughs) I'm doing in my work, but like, you know, it's not up to me to tell the school how they should parent another parent's child. So, you know, I have to keep that in mind too. Now, what I do to help my daughter reinforce these thoughts and attitudes. Um, this is a good question for if your kid is in school. It's a good question for if you have like divorced or separated parents and there's other food rules at the other parent's household. If they're going to like grandma's house for two weeks during the summertime and there's different food rules there. The best thing that you can do is to be consistent with your food schedule or your not schedule, your food routine, your food rules, um, your food attitudes, behaviors at home because you want to instill them with the ability to still implement that when they're out of the house. Because the reality is we're not going to be around our kids all the time. Even from a young age, they're going to preschool and they're gone for like six to eight hours a day, depending on, or more, depending on a parent's work schedule. So you just have to do your best to implement that at home. And I tell my daughter, like, you know, sometimes the rules around food are different for other people. And this is the rules in our house. And this is the rules for you. And it might change when you go to school, but when you get home, like this is how things work. Um, So that's really the best that we can do at home is empower them. And as they get older, we want to empower them with information about why certain behaviors can be concerning, or um, we want to empower them with the ability to say no, like when they're older. So if a teacher tells them, hey, you have to eat your vegetables first, before you can have that cookie in your lunchbox and they're 10, you know, at that point, we can empower them to say, actually, my mom says it's okay for me to eat my cookie first. But when you're dealing with a three-year-old, it's really hard to 
encourage that. Um, and so when it comes to school, if there's a behavior that's especially concerning, um, reach out to the teachers. You know, they, it's, our teachers are not trained on eating behaviors with our kids. And so we cannot expect them to implement certain rules or attitudes because really they love their kids and they are just trying their best. And, you know, like you said, a lot of people haven't heard of intuitive eating. And the reality is maybe a lot of teachers haven't heard of that either. And they're just trying to help their kids by saying you need to eat their veggies first. Um, and so when we talk to our teachers, we really need to approach it with kindness and understanding because they just might not know, or they might not be able to implement that for everybody. So how I approached it was saying, you know, you don't need to change what you're doing, obviously with the class, but with, with my daughter, um, if you could please not tell her she has to eat something before she, she can have another part of their lunch, I would really appreciate that. And her teacher responded wonderfully and said, okay, thanks for letting me know. I really appreciate it. So um, but ultimately we do have to accept that our kids are going to be away from us. So we have to implement it at home as best we, we can, and then empower them to bring it into the world. <laughs> Amazing. I love how you said too, like, I forget exactly how you said it, but that it, it's like, you, it's not your job to like teach other parents how to parent their child. And Jen, I feel like that comes back to our episode with Evelyn Triboli when we talked about like, it's not our job to convince people not to diet right? Like right. We're, when people come to us, they're at that point of recognizing like diets don't work. They're harmful. Um, they've had negative health effects on them, you know, emotionally, physically, mentally. And they're, they come to us saying like, I want to learn about this, but I'm sure of course I'm not a parent yet. So I can't imagine like once you have that child, how much you just want to like scream when you see how other parents are talking to your child or children in general. But I feel like giving yourself that permission to release that responsibility probably feels really good because then you can put your time and energy where it's better spent with your child. Yeah. And I mean, it's good for our kids to learn that rules are different sometimes in different places, because that's a fact of life that they're going to have to learn everywhere. Like even when they're in the workforce, when they get a new boss rules and things are going to be different. And so it just, <laughs> you just have to be flexible and learn that things change based on the environment you're in. Every thing that I want to bring up, you have a post on already. And so I don't <laughs> want to make you repeat all of these things. And so I just want to encourage our listeners to make sure that they're following you, which we'll plug that at the end as well. But there's just such a wealth of information on your page. And I just want to thank you for all that you do. Um, one other question though, that I have is what is like the most rewarding part of your work? I just feel like there, you, your passion is so clear and you're so well-spoken, not that we would ever think anything otherwise from you, but like, you're just so clear with what you teach and preach. And it, it just comes off so digestible too. Like, it's very easy to understand what you're all about. So I'm just curious from a perspective of, you know, what it is that you do all day, like what is the most rewarding part of your job and how do you do it with two little babies at home? <laughs> Oh gosh. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you a couple answers if that's okay. Perfect. <laughs> um, I love, first of all, I love getting DMS from people that says like, Hey, I just tried this. Like I got a DM recently that said, 
I posted about sprinkles and I used rainbow sprinkles in my daughter's oatmeal. Um, and I had someone say like, Hey, I tried your sprinkle hack and my daughter is eating some veggies now. And she wasn't feeding therapy. wasn't working for her, but that worked. And so like something like that, or like my daughter just ate, or my son just ate their broccoli before their brownie. And I can't believe it, but it's thanks to you. Things like that are just, it feels so good to see and help these parents and contribute to the next generation of kids who are intuitive eaters. I just love that. I feel like we're a team in helping, I'm a team with these parents and helping them raise their kids to eat like this. And I think that's awesome. Um, I, I love what I do now because it allows me to spend more time with my babies. So that's definitely something that's really rewarding. And um, I'm sure you've seen if you were perusing my Instagram too, that I recently had like a huge shift in my business model, which is to make my courses free. And that was the best business decision and nutrition, like education decision I could have made. It just was so cool to see the response to that. And I'm really excited to bring this information to any parent who wants to access it. Um, and so that's, prob that's probably my number one thing right now is the fact that I can make this information accessible to any parent who wants to learn about it for free is, feels really awesome. Amazing. That is absolutely amazing. <laughs> So before we get to where we need to have all of those resources linked and hear <laughs> yeah. about them, but before we do that, um, like Jenna said, I'm perusing your Instagram. Everybody just needs to go follow it because <laughs> we could ask you so many questions, but we'll, we'll let them just find your page. But for people that were listening, that are listening right now, if they can only walk away with like one or two tips, if they don't remember anything else, what would you want them to remember from this conversation? Um, let's see. Gosh, that's a really hard question. <laughs> um, two tips. I would say, um, number one is the, the biggest influencer on your child's eating behaviors is your eating behaviors. So tip number one is to look at, like, take a step back and look at your own language and attitude towards food in your house and recognize if that needs to be shifted and start working on that first, be it the way you talk about your body, the way you talk about food, um, you know, the way you restrict certain things from yourself or your kids, um, address that first. Um, so that would probably be my number one tip. And then second, man, dessert on the plate is really powerful try that because it can make a huge difference. And it feels so good to serve your kids like food, a plate, lunch plate, like for example, with chocolate chips and broccoli, and they take a bite of their broccoli first. Like, oh my gosh, that happy dance is like, you know, don't, don't freak out in front of your kids because you don't want it to be like, so you want to scare them. But like the internal happy dance that you do when that happens is like the best feeling. It's awesome. So amazing. Oh, I have a almost five month old. And I was saying the other day that like, I'm so excited for him to start eating, but I'm also terrified of, I see on here, you have a whole um, highlight on baby led weaning too. Yes. I'm like terrified of that aspect and the choking, but like, I can't wait to see him try it's something so called, like delicious and yes. Or something that he doesn't like. I feel like that's going to be so fun to watch. It too. is really fun. <laughs> and I have a course um, for feeding kids 
that Amazing. is also going to be released for free. So for any parent who wants to learn how to feed their kids, <laughs> that's going to be free too. But yeah, I would say don't be afraid and don't feel pressured to do things a certain way. If you feel more comfortable starting with purees, then you do purees, you know, you got to do what's best for your family. And I think there's all this pressure online about how we should feed our kids and what exactly the foods we should feed them. And ultimately nobody knows what is best for your family other than you and there's just so much mom pressure and like in these Facebook groups especially don't join the Facebook groups about baby feeding but <laughs> just as a warning a there, there can be tip. rough <laughs> yeah don't do that so for everybody listening that's a new mom you have to go take Taylor's uh feeding class so if yes you could, it's called feeding 101 that's what I was gonna say if you can let us know where's the best place for people to find you repeat your Instagram handle and then any courses or any places you want people to go sure so um my Instagram handle is um at growing.intuitive.eaters I'm also on YouTube um growing intuitive eaters and I have a podcast um it's brand new it's only two episodes three episodes in um the growing intuitive eaters podcast and um my courses I have two courses, two full courses right now, the Growing Intuitive Eaters 101 course, and that's for helping raise your kids with a healthy relationship with food, breaking the generation generational cycle of disordered eating and preventing and reversing picky eating. Um, so that's the first course. The second course is Feeding 101, and that's for introducing solids to your infant, um, whether it be baby-led baby weaning or purees. I talk about a baby-led feeding style and a responsive feeding style, so allowing you to choose the best way to feed your baby in that course. So both of those courses are currently paid courses until the end of 2020 and January 2021 they will be released on YouTube 100% completely free for anybody who wants a course on how to feed their baby their toddler or their kid and how to raise their kids with a healthy relationship with food on YouTube I also have to uh, one mini course out right now about milks. So how to choose the right milk for your kid and what to do if they won't drink it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I have a course coming up called Constipation 101. It's all about constipation and what to do for your kid if they're constipated. That's going to be free on YouTube too. I have eBooks coming out that are going to be free. It's all free. All of my courses, all of my education is all free. And so you can find that on the Instagram and YouTube. And I will be putting these courses on my podcast too for moms who can't sit down and watch a YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Thank you so much for sharing everything with us today. Um, I know that our audience is going to love this. Thank you. I, it was a pleasure. I love talking. I could keep going. So it's, <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there, and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves, and follow along with us on social at what the actual fork pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you. We appreciate you. And we will see you next week for a lot more fun.